You're listening to Behind the Design Podcast, your digital version of co-working that takes you behind the scenes on how to create an authentic brand, build an intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. I'm your host and brand guru, Olivia Silvestro, equipping you with the tools to wake up every day doing what you love and make money doing it. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get to it. This has been a long-awaited and requested episode, and I'm so, so excited to introduce to you my business coach, Jessica Marks. Jessica is a business and sales growth strategist who helps female entrepreneurs turn their passion and purpose into massive profit. She is my secret weapon in business and biggest cheerleader, as she has helped me personally implement, hire, and scale my business to six figures. In this episode, we're answering all of your questions on why a coach is the key to hitting your first six figures, the first steps to take when scaling your business, the biggest mistake she sees from entrepreneurs, and how to balance running a business and being a mom of twins. I'm not going to make you wait any longer for this episode because it is filled with so much goodness. So let's dive in. Hi, Jessica. How are you doing? Hi, Olivia. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited you're here. I feel like this is a long-awaited podcast interview. I've gotten so many questions about working with you and what it's like to work with a coach and why everyone needs one. So I am so, so excited to have you on here so I can tell everyone how you've changed my life. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm happy that I changed your life and I'm ready to be fully transparent. So ask away. I will be more than happy to share all the tips and tricks I can via this podcast with your listeners. Yay. Awesome. I am so excited. Okay. So let's start out with a few breakthrough questions. So my first one that I ask everyone is what's your morning routine like? So I have a very adamant morning routine. So I'm curious what yours is. I know that you like to really get after it. You're pretty energetic. So I'm curious what your morning routine looks like. Yes. So I used to be somebody that had a very, very structured morning routine until I had twins. I now have two-year-old twins, (laughs) which makes it a little bit difficult to kind of gauge how those mornings are going to go. Sometimes they wake up at 6.30, sometimes they're up at 4.45. So I never know what's going to happen, but I am a total morning person. So I get up early. First thing I do is have coffee. I am a coffee fanatic and I pretty much always have like that quiet time at my desk in the morning. So coffee, I like candles, try to just really get myself ready for the day, look at the schedule. And then I get myself ready before my kids get up. And once they're up, I try to spend as much time as possible with them Mm -hmm. before heading into the office for the day. But as far as reading or meditating or doing any of that good stuff that most of my clients do, I have found that that just does not happen for me <laughs> in the morning. However, I do find other spots within my day during lunchtime or getting to the gym where I can kind of reset and take that break for myself. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I know how important it is. So I can't even imagine being a mom and a wife also and having to balance all of that How was that transition actually from not having kids to having two and then having your own business as well? 
You know, it kind of just, it was one of those things where I decided I was going to just go with the flow. I was very structured prior to having them. And I was somebody, when I was working corporate, I was out the door every morning around 3.45 a.m. getting to my office. And so once I started my own business, I realized I need to appreciate the luxury that I have of being an entrepreneur. And if that means setting boundaries to where I don't start my actual workday until 8 a.m. and it allows me to be home and I'm able to just kind of go with whatever the morning brings. It has been such a stress reliever and I'm able to go from mom and wife mode and then quick, Mm -hmm. as soon as I get into my office, transition into, you know, uh, the CEO role. Yeah, for sure. And that's probably, well, definitely one of the most important things. So that's awesome. I think one of the things that I learned the most from you was creating that schedule and that calendar and writing it down, which we'll get more into in a little bit. But that's definitely been a huge thing that you've helped me with is creating that structure and that regimented routine because, you know, we are able as entrepreneurs to like make our own schedule, but sometimes it's like, well, what am I going to do today? So there's always that balance. And I think too, when people come from corporate, like I came from corporate uh, for two and a half years in corporate, and I did have a struggle with not having a regimented routine or being like, okay, I have to sit down at my desk for 10 hours where it's like, okay, I could get so much more done in five hours than I ever did at my corporate job in 10 hours. Yes. And I think for me, because I am a mom and it could be for anybody who's not a mom as well, that just has a life outside of the business. I have found that when I am very regimented in my business and that I have a very set schedule and I know exactly what needs to get done in those hours that I am in the office and working, it really does free up my personal life to be more present Um, Mm -hmm. with my family, with my friends, with the things that, you know, matter to me outside of, you know, being a CEO, being a founder of a company. And so I've given myself a lot more leeway personally, because I have those systems in place within my business that allow me to get things done. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Okay, next breakthrough question, a book every entrepreneur should read. You know, I knew a book question was going to come up. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, so I'm I such am, a big reader. I'm, yes, I'm the worst at picking one book. However, I am a huge Simon Sinek fan. He's okay. huge. And I love all of his books. And as entrepreneurs, there's a few of them that I think are really critical that you read. But as far as the initial start, his books start with why. And it is interesting to me how many entrepreneurs that I meet and when I ask them, you know, what is the why behind the business? Why are they doing this? Why is this going to impact the market? Why are they passionate about it? A lot of them have a very difficult time answering that. And I think once the why becomes clear, how you're going to do it, what the business stands for, your vision, your values become crystal clear. And it's something that you can always tie the brand back to is why are you doing this? Why are Mm -hmm. you spending time out of your day? Why are you, you know, investing your money into this business? And so I would say that's probably a, a great starting point 
And then I could give you a long list of probably 50 to 75 other books <laughs> that I, I think could impact your entrepreneurial journey. Yes. Okay, wait. So how do you spell Simon's last name? Simon? Sinek. It's S-I-N-E-K. E-K. Okay. Simon Sinek. I'll add this in the show notes, just him as an author. But that I totally agree with that. The why, I think that's also a reason I think, you know, entrepreneurs either succeed or they don't is because they have the passion. Like the people that they always say, you know, or at least I heard it was when you're first starting your business, you know, most entrepreneurs don't make it after the first year. That always scared me so much. I was like, why, why is that happening? Why is that going to be me? But I think what lacks in maybe some people that don't make it is the passion. And that comes from why, like why you're doing it, why you know you're going to make a difference or, you know, helping people that need your product or service. And that's where the intention comes from, right? Like I remember before I started working with you, I would be working all the time. I would be trying to like get all this stuff done. And then finally I like picked my head up from my desk and I was like, this is literally what I wanted. This is what I wanted to happen. I wanted to be working with clients. My why was so that I can have more freedom to hang out with my friends and my family and then also help people make an impact. And once I reconnected with that, my business really took off. So for those of you guys that are listening and you're like, wait, what's my why? <laughs> I would head over to Jessica's uh, Instagrams and follow her and you'll be able to decipher that. <laughs> Definitely why is so, so important. Okay, last question is a go-to mantra or quote. So I have always had this on the screensaver of my phone for probably the last decade. And it's, you know, more of a biblical verse, but it says God is within her. She will not fail. And it's something that always just centers me, brings me back and makes me realize that, you know, even when the days are hard or things come your way where you feel defeated, that I'm able to center back to that and realize that if I stay the course, I keep doing what I'm doing and I'm still passionate about it. I will not fail at this. So it's just always been great for me and I've kept it on my phone and I notice it every day. I think sometimes when we have stuff in front of us every day, we don't notice it or it just becomes regular to me. But I will say there's Mm -hmm. always a point in the day where I see it on my phone and it automatically clicks and reminds me. Yeah, no, I love that. And I put I put my vision board on my phone screensaver. And sometimes I like look right past it. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, this is what I'm working towards. But that's an awesome point. Like that. And to you know, I mean, I always talk about spirituality and whatever it is that you believe in. But you know, when you put it out into the universe or to whoever that this is what you want, this is exactly, you know, you're not gonna take no for an answer. It's just going to be an obstacle. You know, you will absolutely find a way to make that happen. So that's awesome. Mine is where energy flows, focus goes. So it's like, if you're putting your energy out into like all these different areas, then that's where you're gonna focus. But if you focus on the one thing, then that's where all your energy is going to go towards. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Now that we know a little bit more about you, I want to start with, so I guess the number one question that I get or the objection that people don't want to work with a coach is like, why do I need a coach? I mean, I'm a perfect example of a reason why everyone needs a coach. When I first started working with Jessica, I was on the like 
five to seven K a month, but like kind of inconsistent. And then we started working together last February, actually. So I started in her group coaching program, Female Founders Club. And then from there, now she helped me get to past six figures, actually. And this year, hopefully to multiple six figures. So there's only so much, you know, as an entrepreneur, so like, you know, your craft, you're good at what you do. You're a great coach. You're a great service-based entrepreneur, whatever it is that you're doing, but your craft only goes so far and you need guidance after that. So why does every entrepreneur need a coach and coaches need coaches? You have a coach, Jessica. I know you do. I listen to your coach's podcast. So just tell maybe the person who like knows they need a coach, but is a little on the fence or thinks that they can still do it on their own. That was me. Why they absolutely need to have a coach. Yeah, absolutely. So we are so close to our businesses. I mean, we are in the trenches. We are in the weeds. We are fighting the fight on the daily we are coming up with new ideas on the hour and we are overwhelmed and exhausted by the lack of opportunity in some <laughs> situations. And when you bring a coach into your business and you provide them with full transparency, they're looking at your business from 5,000 feet. So they're looking at the whole picture where a lot of times we don't know what we don't know or we don't see areas of opportunity because we are so focused on the day-to-day -day, or we've created our packages and we price them in a way that we think is right, but yet somebody could come in that has really great market experience and look at them and say, here's some recommendations on how you could restructure this to get more clients, or here's how you could run your discovery calls different, or here's how you could increase your sales based off of the copy on your website or the design or the layout or your sales page. And so as Olivia mentioned, I have a coach and one of the greatest benefits to it is that they're able to see in you what you cannot see. And I'm a pretty self-aware person. A lot of my clients are as well. But when somebody comes in and really deep dives into the business and deep dives into your why and pulls out like, what are your goals long-term more than just what's happening three months, six months, nine months from now, having that accountability, having that sustainability of somebody really coaching you through everything it takes to build a successful business. I mean, the, the return on the investment of working with the right coach can be tenfold, twentyfold. I mean, the opportunity really is endless. And it's just identifying the right type of program, the right type of coach that fits with your personality and your business model. I will say one of the other benefits I know for my clients is the coach I work with is very, very expensive and probably wouldn't be obtainable for most of my clients. But I'm able to take the information, the knowledge that I learned from her and I've applied to my business and directly pass that on to my clients as well. Coaches, um, really great coaches are also always doing market research. They're, you know, looking across all different industries, which we often forget to do as entrepreneurs to see what else is happening out there, what's shifting in social media, what is shifting in the trends as far as like online courses or residual income. And 
I'm able to spend my time doing that and educate my clients so they're not spending their time or wasting their time doing that in their own business. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing too, you know, it eliminates the Googling, the YouTubing, the researching where someone can help you make an actual blueprint in how, you know, your goals, define your goals, get aligned and make it streamlined. So you can go from point A to point B rather than point A, point one A, point one C, F to B. Like it eliminates all of that questions. I think the biggest thing for me that having a coach helped was, is this what I should be focusing on? Or is this what I should be focusing on? You know, as entrepreneurs, we have so many different ideas and chances are most of us listeners and me, myself included, have come up with like 30 different ideas and probably one of them is stuck and that's what the business they have now. So it's like where to focus in order to grow, to attain your goals. What do you think when someone is searching for a coach, what they should be looking for to find someone for their business? Yeah. So the coaching industry is highly, highly saturated right now. It's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, you know this from being a web and brand designer, same with your industries. Most industries right now, you could find a million people doing the same exact thing. However, if you're looking to hire a coach, I would look at first their history and their reputation. So what type of history do they have running businesses, managing businesses, building businesses on their own? You don't want to really have somebody guide you that's never been there before. Mm -hmm. So that would be the first step. Step two is what are the results that they're getting their clients? So do they have testimonials listed? Are people tagging them on social media? Do you know anybody that's possibly worked with this coach that can give you a referral and and speak to the fact of what they were able to accomplish while working with them? I would also say that compatibility is huge, not just for the client, but for the coach as well. So for myself, I I take a lot of pride in that I only want to work with entrepreneurs that are driven, they want to succeed, they have to want this more than I want it that are passionate about their business, that have a goal, that have a purpose, a why behind it, that are willing to make the changes in their business that may need to be changed in order to bring them those $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 months. Mm -hmm. Um, And so really that there has to be some, you know, personality on, on both side where you not only believe in the coach, but the coach believes in you as well. And then I would say beyond that, you really need to assess, is this a coaching program that's going to address where I'm at now? Or is this a coaching program that's going to get me to where I want to be from now, five years from now? And I think a lot of the coaching programs out there right now either focus on one specific thing, maybe it's social media, which we know is forever changing. And so mm-hmm. what's happening so Instagram, this month? Sorry about why you need a website. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's important that you find a coach that's, that's really helping you get to the long-term goals and being in it for the long game and not just this instant you know, gratification of a 90-day program. It, it takes more than that. Yeah, for sure. And then also, I think, you know, people look at the shiny objects like, oh, there's other girls in the group or there's this and that. And like a mastermind is awesome. And a group coaching program is awesome, too. Like I went from your group coaching program to one on one, um, but really knowing what it is that you need. So 
at the time I really needed, you know, I'm a good graphic designer. I'm a great website designer. I'm good at what I do, but the business aspect, I knew that that was what I was missing out on. So I knew that I needed like systems and yeah, pretty much I knew I needed systems and support to get me to scale my business. And I knew I couldn't do it on my own. So for those of you who are listening, you're like, I know I need a coach, but I don't even know what I need to do it in. I would say sit down and like make a list of things that you think you need support in and then go searching for someone like that. What would you say like is a step to do if someone's listening like, okay, I think I need all of that. What should I do to like really get clear on what my needs are? So I would say is what are the areas of the business that I, th- I think a lot of people focus on what's doing really well in the business, which don't get me wrong, is great. Celebrate the wins. But at some point you have to have a really hard conversation with yourself and maybe it's looking in the mirror. Maybe it's actually, you know, visiting your P&L that you kind of just push to the side and say like, what is not working? Am I getting the sales that I know I could get? have I put the time into setting up systems to where it's really easy for my clients to be onboarded to work with me? Figuring out, and sometimes that's asking your current clients and saying, hey, what are we doing great and what can we fix? What could we have made easier? What would you give me as constructive feedback as far as the brand? Is there anyone on my team that's not performing really well that I haven't had that conversation with? or I haven't been managing. So now it's affecting the entire team. You got to focus too, just as much as what's not working as you are of those wins. And I think that's where a lot of female entrepreneurs, they, they see those sales coming in every month and they're excited, but it, they cap and they plateau their success because they're not willing to deep dive into the shitty side of the business where you don't want to say and acknowledge I have let this go. I haven't given it attention. It is a cluster behind the scenes. And I will say, that's a good point because I want everybody to know this. For the most part, I would say 90%, and I can guarantee you this is even with some of these bigger businesses because I've been on the phone with them. They look amazing on social media. I mean, we are all amazing at looking like we've got (laughs) our shit together and that everybody's perfect. But I will tell you, 85% of the entrepreneurs I get on the phone with, and some of these are seven, eight figure brands are not. And it's because we've never put these systems in place. And it's very hard once your business is five years, seven years, 10 years old to go back in and fix this. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult. But Olivia, she made the decision that she was going to hire a coach very early on and get these systems in place and have an onboarding and build out her team much, much easier to do it as you build the brand than to go back and fix it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, knowing it goes back to that quote that you were saying, like knowing that it's possible and it's going to happen and whether that's a stretch or not for you right in the beginning, like knowing like, okay, I'm making this investment of, I think female founders club when I first started was like three seventy five a month for it's four fifty a month. And that was so much for me because $500 was like gonna happen, but like not guaranteed. So it was really scary for me to make that investment, but I knew that you were going to get me to where I wanted to go. So, you know, starting before you're ready is going to get you there faster. Like if I hadn't invested in you 
or any kind of coaching at all, any kind of investment really, I would still be where I am today. So I guess the number one question that you should ask yourself for like the listeners or really anybody is what would happen if this time next year I'm still in the same place? And that would suck. (laughs) That would not be fun. And the person that's going to help you get there to double, triple, or even quadruple your revenue from last year is going to be a coach because they're, they're going to help you, you know, hire the people that you need to support you in order to get there. They're going to tell you the quickest way to get there and really starting before you're ready. Like Jessica said, because if you have to go back and rework everything that you did five years later, that would suck even more. (laughs) And probably during those five years, you're missing out on even more opportunity than before. So yeah, one of the mindset shifts that you have to make too going into working with a coach is so many people get on the phone or they look at the pricing. I'm fully transparent with my pricing on my website. So I I'm not getting on the phone with a bunch of people that are going to give me price as an objection. Mm-hmm. It is 100% an investment. Yes. With the potential of a huge ROI. And you have to go into it knowing that you are kind of putting out the money up front, knowing that there's going to be a high return and you have to believe in your business model that you can earn that money back, whether it's buying, Mm -hmm. you know, investing in a website, investing in a coach, investing in a PR company. And so one of the, the mindset shifts that I often have with clients on discovery calls is, and especially for female founders club, like Olivia said, you know, $400 a month seems like a lot when you're new to business. And I work with mostly service-based entrepreneurs that have packages ranging anywhere from 2,500 to, you know, $6,000 maybe. And some of them are packaged and priced wrong. So we get them on track right away first thing. But for a whole 12-month commitment, they have to close one to two clients in order to pay for the whole coaching program. Right. For my elite entrepreneurs that come on, it's, a, it's, it's the same thing. They pretty much have to do one to two, maybe three clients to pay for that. Well, I guarantee you, you're going to get that many yeah. clients making these shifts in your business. And so that's how you have to approach investments, no matter what type of investment is in your business, is that... I believe in my brand so much. I believe in the package or service that I'm selling that I can easily sell in the next three months, six months, nine months, whatever it may be, two to three services in order to pay for this because it's going to be a game changer for my business. And if you're a service-based entrepreneur selling packages or services to other service-based entrepreneurs, you're more than welcome to use that on your next sales call because (laughs) it can be easily translated from service to service, um, business to business, you know, really helping shift the mindset of your consumer into what they need to do in order to cover that cost. Yeah. And like you said, it's an investment and the way that like the way that you think about it is going to affect what you get out of it. So if you're like, Oh my God, I need to, you know, I need to show up for this call or I have to do this or I have to do that. It's like, if you think about it negatively and like, you know, negatively around like the money mindset rather than investing. So the way I like to think of every investment, whether it's for my team, for my coach, for any software that is helping you run my business is like, I am supporting somebody else's small business, which I know what that feels like when someone pays an invoice. I'm like, yay, I can 
pay my rent this month or I could like go on that trip or whatever it is. Like I think of it as an investment in a person and then also my business. So like when you are investing in your business, you have that shift. Like what happens to me with a lot of my clients is they make the big investment on the brand and website design and they're like, get their ass in gear. They get all their services lined up. Maybe they'll even launch a course during the duration of the time that we're together because they're like, okay, I'm making this investment. Like I need to get shit done. And I'm telling the universe that like, I'm ready to go after it, which is, I think also what happens to you too. When people enter the female founders club, they're making that investment. They're, you know, ready to get stuff done. And then from there they do so well that they go into one-on-one. Yeah. And I think what else is really great too, and I've tried to really encompass all my clients into one group, but for you, Olivia, personally, I mean, I think you were in the group coaching program for two months and you signed a client out of there that paid for your entire coaching program. Mm -hmm. We'll flash forward a year from now, you've done my website and I think three (laughs) or four others. So when you do, when you do start working with a coach, you'll be amazed too at the connections and the referral base that comes out of there, especially the right coach. Because for me, I know that my clients are so incredibly talented at what they do that I have zero hesitation referring any of them to one another. And there's so, there's an entire business exchange and Olivia can, you know, attest to this within my client group Mm -hmm. of them all doing business with one another that it can really be a great driver of new revenue once you get involved with a mastermind or a, a, you know, business coaching or group coaching, any of that. Yeah, for sure. And it's way more of a community, you know, like again, before we started working together, I was just working by myself. I didn't have a team. I didn't have anyone. And I was just working by myself in my office. And now I have a team. I have clients that have turned into friends because they were through Female Founders Club. Like I have all these different connections and it's through that support that you're getting from someone else. So if you're a solopreneur, which a lot of us are, and a lot of my listeners are on here is you get that community, you get outside of your comfort zone, out of your box, like people are telling you different ideas and you're getting all this different stimulation, for lack of a better word, from other people rather than just mulling things over in your own head or like asking your boyfriend. Like I asked my boyfriend things and he's like, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. <laughs> you weren't even like <laughs> But yes, I highly recommend do not use your boyfriend, your <laughs> spouse, your mom, your team members as your business coach. There are conversations that you can have with your coach that really can alleviate the stressors in your personal relationships because business is tough sometimes. It's really tough. And, you know, I joke around with some of my clients, if you haven't cried this month, do you really own a business? Because it's hard. (laughs) It's really hard sometimes. If anybody tells you different, they're lying. And so your spouses, your boyfriends, your friends, they don't want to hear it all the time. And so to be able to text your coach or pick up the phone and call your coach and say like, I'm down today. This discovery call didn't work out well, or I got ghosted by a potential client how do I overcome this and put you back on track? It's priceless, honestly. I mean, I I called you when I called you last week and I was like, I'm defeated. (laughs) I don't know what to do. 
And now yeah. I feel so much better. Like, I'm not kidding that that was on Thursday or Friday. And I've had my most productive days these last three days, just like getting stuff done. And that's because I usually am sitting in my office, like I'm alone. I, you know, I don't have anyone else to like, no other soundboard really. And if I didn't have you, I literally don't know what I would do. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, you got to have somebody that, that really pulls out the best in you and that sees that side of you. And I for sure see that in you. And when you, for example, when you texted me Friday morning, I could feel it in your text that you were overwhelmed. And so I immediately text you like, can you jump on the phone? Mm-hmm. Because I want to get in front of that quickly. It's when entrepreneurs get in that rut or that funk and it's so hard to pull yourself out. Mm-hmm. And if you have a team working underneath you, they feel that your clients feel it and it, it just snowballs really yeah. quickly. If you're not convinced yet that you need a coach <laughs> and, or work with Jessica, then I'm not really sure what else I could do for you. <laughs> um, I got it. And now I got to hire Olivia to be on my sales team. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's funny because we have brought each other so much business. Like I can think of probably three or four people just at the top of my head who we've just like, because we believe in each other so much. And like Jessica has produced such high results for me and vice versa for me with her clients. It's a great community to be a part of. And like she was saying, just being able to connect people and have someone that's on your team. Like I know when I have a huge win that you are just as excited as I am. And the appreciation I have for that is huge. Like you were saying, you know, your boyfriends or your spouses or your partners, whatever, you know, they get it, but they're not in the trenches with you. And like, my boyfriend is stoked. Like whenever I get a new client, he's like, woohoo, but he doesn't really like get how many times I followed up with that client before I got in, how long I spent on the phone with them and like all this stuff where you definitely get that and you know what it's like to have to make those wins. And I think that, so I I will say I get asked a lot of times, whether it be on discovery calls or at networking events, some people are looking into hiring a coach. Well, how do I know I'm going to get results? Or how do I know that this is going to work for me? Well, first off, I personally don't know if it's going to work for you. I know what I teach and I know the results and success I've had in my programs and that I have a 96% retention rate right now of clients. Mm -hmm. So that speaks volumes and I have a very high referral source business. People would not be referring me if they weren't personally satisfied, Mm -hmm. but I can never gauge whether or not somebody's going to show up and put in the work. However, as a business coach, and if you're interviewing coaches, this is something that should come across your results in your business are a direct reflection of my commitment to you. And so when Mm -hmm. you are not putting in the work or you're falling behind or there's things that have happened, it's my responsibility as a coach to, to, to be very transparent with you and very honest and say, well, you may be seeing a dip in your sales numbers, but this is why this Mm -hmm. is what could have translated into those numbers. Here's how you need to pivot. Here's where you need to count how many you need to close a month in order to catch up. And so I think that if you're going into interviewing coaches and you have this, well, how do I know that this is going to work for me? You really need to shift that mindset into, I'm committed to making this work. Does Mm -hmm. this coach have results? And are her clients or his clients seeing the results that I would want to have personally in my own business? But for me, 
I mean, if a client fails, I fail. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the same with all of us service-based entrepreneurs. And so there are going to be coaches out there that are just in this for the money, but I would like to see anybody listening to this that's interested in hiring a coach really going into it with, you know, there are coaches that are incredibly passionate about seeing the success of their clients. And I talk all the time that I really am growing, you know, 17 to 20 businesses right now because (laughs) it's not just my own. I'm really invested in not financially, but I'm invested in all of their (laughs) companies. Yeah. So, you know, that's one shift that you really have to make if you are going to hire a coach. I completely agree. When clients first come to you, let's do um, the female founders club. So what do you notice in their businesses that need the most work? Number one is the way they have their packages and pricing, their service offerings structured. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, I did um, for our newest member, I go in and I do a full website audit. I do a services packaging and pricing audit. And then I do a brand analysis to really figure out like, does their brand, does their copy reflect the type of client they want to work with? And almost right off the bat, I always see that, that their, their packages don't make sense. They either are offering way too many things that when I fall on their website, it's very confusing. Either what are they the expert in because they're doing five different things that don't really correlate or they have so many different service offerings. They have a three month, a six month, a 30 day, they have a custom package. You really need to hone in on one to two signature programs, signature packages of what you're offering and make it very crystal clear on who those types of services are for. And so I would say that's number one. Number two would be they're not getting enough sales, which tells me that they either have not enough visibility. So they're not showing up on social media. They're not prospecting. They're not going to networking events. They haven't built an email list or that they have their copy, what they're writing, what they're saying, what's on their website. It doesn't convert into what they actually need the customer to purchase from them. So I would say those are probably top two. So not getting enough sales or not having the right structure. And then from there, it goes into, you know, systems, processes, you know, the client experience is huge too. So are they, you know, do they have a system in place that allows their clients to keep working with them more than just one time? So what is the lifetime value of that client? And are they maximizing on that? Mm -hmm. Or are they just letting their clients fall off and not retaining them? I could go on forever, but I'll leave it at those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's funny because everyone who's listening, they either have been following me on Instagram for a while, on Facebook, they've been listening to the podcast, and those are all things that I preach all the time, and I learn them from you. So it's like, you start with that ideal client, Like like you're solving someone's problem. You have a business because you're solving somebody's problem. So for you, it's, you know, an entrepreneur that's feeling like a little disorganized and they need help going from point A to point B. And 
if you didn't know who that was, then you wouldn't have the female founders club. You wouldn't have the one-on-one -on -one coaching. You wouldn't have any of those programs. So you need to identify that ideal client and then, you know, go from there. Is your marketing relaying that? Is your marketing speaking to that ideal client? Is it speaking to their pain points? Is it even, are your services even solving their problem? Like, if you're going after, you know, entrepreneurs that are six months to a year, but your services are $10,000, then that's probably not the right price. I do have another podcast episode on the five ways to consistently generate new leads. And that's a good one too. But the beginning of that, I talk about how important it is. You have to have an ideal client and then obviously have a website and a brand that reflects that. And I think too, so it's easy, you know, if you're listening to this and you thought, okay, packages and pricing, yes, I'm not really sure if mine are right or they're wrong or could that be me. So I ask a lot of clients in their initial onboarding process because it's really important to me that even in a group coaching program, and you don't find this in a lot of group programs, a lot of group programs, they just take the masses. There's 200, 300 people in there. You literally just give them your credit card number and you have access to the group. Mm -hmm. This is not like that. It's very high touch point. I only take a maximum of 20 women in this group um, mm -hmm. because it is so important to me that nobody feels like they're lost. But a lot of times when I ask clients in the initial call, so how did you come up with this packaging or pricing or where did you come up with these eight <laughs> programs that you're offering? Yeah. And a variety of ways, but a lot of times they're like, well, I saw, you know, a couple other people in my industry were offering this. So I decided I, I have to have a, a three month program, but then I saw another person offering a six month program. So I thought, okay, I need to have a six month program mm. or I need to have this type of web design, but then I also need to have a logo and then I need to have, you know, where it includes SEO or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But what they're not realizing is you're comparing yourself to people who are at all different stages in their journey. Mm -hmm. So some of them may be very well established and it makes sense for them to only offer a six month program or only offer a 12 month or $9,000 website package. It's really important that we build these packages and the pricing based off of what is your expertise? What are you bringing to the table? I don't care if you've only owned a business for six months. If you just came out of being a chief marketing officer for a multi-billion dollar beauty brand, girl, you better be charging the prices yeah. of the experience you have for the last 25 years. I don't care that this business is only six months old. Right. And so it's really taking a lot of information, pulling it together, using market research, and then developing those packages. So it's not something that is very easily identifiable for the average entrepreneur because they're just going on and seeing what else is out there and then putting it together. Yeah. And thinking too, like what your clients need, like my packages developed over time because I realized like, okay, people don't just need a logo. Like that's not going to help them by just having a logo. And that's why we developed the, you know, the Instagram templates, the, uh, email opt-in templates, the proposals, the Facebook cover photo, like everything is in our packages because that's what I knew that my clients needed. Like over time I did market research and realized what people were asking me for and doing all that stuff, listening to my ideal client and knowing how to develop that package from there. Yes. And if you are not listening, listening is such a key part of growing your business. 
if you're not listening and you're not getting feedback and you're not watching your own programs, your own services, and seeing the behavior of your client from those and the results that they're getting, you're going to have a very difficult time scaling to a multi-six-figure brand. You will, you'll, you will plateau at where you currently are. That's great. I, I need to quote that. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the Instagram quote. <laughs> on the okay. Graphic. So you own a successful coaching business and you have a coach. What kind of results are you seeing at that high level by having a coach? A lot. So for starters, I will say that I have, you know, experience from a billion dollar business Mm -hmm. and I left that business to start this business. It's something I was really passionate about. However, I had never developed a group coaching program before. I had never used the systems and the software that it takes to build that out. I had also zero experience when it came to marketing this type of business or marketing myself. I oversaw a sales division of 500 sales reps that were marketing a and selling a product and service that had a very robust marketing team that worked for us, building it out, writing the copy, building out the sales playbook of here's what you say and here's how you say it. Mm -hmm. When it came to really translating my expertise into this business, I struggled with that a little bit because I didn't know how to say, hey, look, this is my experience. I know my shit. I know what I'm doing into a way where female entrepreneurs could understand that as well and why it was so important to work with somebody that didn't just start a coaching business because they saw that it was an easy way to monetize, you know, a brand. And so I would say with, you know, working with her and her having a very similar background as me, she's not only helped me figure out how to market myself and market the business, but then also implement different strategies to where I could build out a business over the next five years in this industry. Mm-hmm. And there are days too where I myself get very frustrated because I see others and you know competitors within the marketplace saying things or talking about a business and being an entrepreneur as if, as if it just happens overnight or as if these billion dollar brands it just goes you know so smoothly. I know that's not the case. We had a lot of mm-hmm. you know peaks and a lot of valleys in those in that eight years that I was building that other brand. And it's that experience that I'm able to, you know, help correlate to female entrepreneurs. And so I would say she's helped me a lot there as well, kind of understand that if I just keep showing up and I keep talking about the opportunity and the possibilities that are out there right now for female entrepreneurs, that um, it doesn't really matter that there's this whole market of underqualified Mm -hmm. um, coaches out there. And so I would say that. That's been a huge help for me. And then also really laying out a five-year plan that works for me personally as somebody who is also a mom and a wife to where I don't work a hundred hours a week because I'm somebody, if there wasn't somebody setting boundaries for me, I would work Mm -hmm. nonstop. (laughs) She's been really great at holding me accountable to that as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And I just want to emphasize, I know that we spoke about this earlier, but I just want to say it again is finding a coach that will take you to where you want to go. So basically looking at your coach's business and saying like, is this the business that I want? So for me, like I'm not a wife and I'm not a mom. I'm not even a coach, but you know, five, seven years down the road, that's where I want to be. I don't want to have a coaching business, but I want to have a service-based business that, you know, is producing multiple six figures, maybe even seven figures, but allowing me to have the boundaries, the structure, the systems to scale to that and have that later down the road. So that's what I think is like so important is to look at who your coach is and the business that they built, because they're going to give you that blueprint that either they use or they have worked with other clients. They've helped do that. That's just so important. And like, I can't put enough emphasis on that because there are so many coaches out there that like aren't qualified. So just looking and seeing what they've done for other people and you know, how they're helping their clients. Like I work with tons of coaches and my clients have proven results from countless of clients that they have been able to help through their craft, whether they've been in business for three months or three years, they have proven results that they're helping people. And that's what I would really look at before hiring a coach. Yeah. And I think another piece to this, and and Olivia, you can kind of attest to this as well, because for me, it's really important that not everybody wants to build a, a million dollar brand. Right. And that's totally fine for some people. They may say, I want to make 150. That's my goal. And because I only want to work three days a week. And mm-hmm. so it's important to me. I know Olivia shared with me very early on that travel was a huge part of her life. Mm-hmm. And if you want to build a multi six figure brand and you want to travel, is it doable? Yes. But that's part of the strategy that Olivia and I have to go over on a weekly basis is preparing before she leaves what is happening when she's away from the company? How do we build a team that's self-sustainable while she's out and that work Mm -hmm. is still getting done? How do you come back from traveling and, you know, and not get in a Mm -hmm. funk? And so it's really important to me that in that initial conversation with my clients, when we onboard them, I figure out, do you have teenage sons that are really active in sports? So we need to accommodate weekends and then, you know, Tuesday nights are just a no go for you. And, and how mm-hmm. do we incorporate that into your business? What is important to them? Mm-hmm. How do we build the business to accommodate the lifestyle that they choose to have? That brings me to like the next few questions, which I think that everyone could use help with is productivity. So filling your days with quality work, not quantity. And this was a huge thing that you helped me with was creating those days where I'm working in the business versus on the business. So can you just speak to that a little bit about like scheduling and being, you know, a productive entrepreneur, which in turn helps you scale your business? Yes, absolutely. So I am a huge fan of CEO Monday, or if you're in kind of a different role, which some of my clients work weekends, maybe that's a Friday, but really setting aside a day where you have no client interaction. And so for example, I had my CEO Monday yesterday, I meet with my team in person, I lay out all of the details for the week, the call schedule, I work on content, email, broadcasts, I'm doing a speaking engagement on Friday. So it allowed me to pull together all of my slides and everything I'm going to be speaking on. And I didn't have to take any interrupt 
unexpected breaks to get on client calls. So working mm -hmm. with clients or if you're a designer and you're working on client work, it's not something that you can easily break away from. And it's something that you have to be hyper-focused for. If you're not setting aside a significant amount of time every week to work on the growth of your own business, what will happen is you will be constantly serving clients and you will feel like your business is taking the back seat. Mm -hmm. So you'll see your clients hitting 250,000 and then you'll look at your own business and think, why am I not hitting that? Mm -hmm. And it's most likely because you're not taking time to cultivate, to prospect, to get the copy out there that's going to convert, to really focus on what are the goals of the business next week, having those meetings with your team. And so if you're somebody that can't really set aside a whole eight hour day, then I recommend doing four hours one day and maybe four hours another, but really making sure that you're working on your business, not just in your business. And just to speak to like the flow of what you have going on, like if you're working on content all day and then you have to pick up a call to do a client call, you're not going to be as in tune with what's going on with the client. If you have been writing and working on your business all day and then you take a break, you speak to the client and you're like, oh, I'm not really prepared. I've been doing something completely different all day. And then now I'm going to go back to writing content. You're not going to get as much done in the amount of time that you have allotted for yourself. Like that's what I noticed the difference is in order for me to get really in tune with, you know, logos and websites, like I have to be in a really creative space. And if I'm not in a creative space, I can't get anything done or it just doesn't look as good. And I have to go back the next day and like fix it. And I'm like, what was I even doing? So now that I do, you know, I have three days a week that I work on my client work. I like spend that morning like either doodling or drawing in my sketchbook or, you know, playing around on Illustrator so that I can really get into that creative space and design the intentional designs that I'm creating. So for coaches, there's a lot of coaches that listen to this podcast. You know, when you show up for a client call, that's a lot of energy. If you're putting out a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of emotions, like Jessica was saying, like you're so invested in your clients having to do that every single day of the week is it would be too much and it's going to lead you to burnout and then also not growing your business. So something that was happening to me actually before I started working with you, Jessica was like, I would have awesome months. Like I would have months where I'm like selling, 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 I'm bringing in new clients. And then the next month I wouldn't bring on any new clients because I was so in the trenches of client work that I wasn't, you know, even posting on social media. So by having those days in place, you're able to consistently bring in the new clients, even when you are in the trenches of client work. Yes. And it feels good. I got to admit, like when I end my Mondays and I'm ready to do, um, I do client calls Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, knowing that there's no, you know, there's nothing hanging on the to-do list. There's not going to be, you know, this long list of things that need my attention throughout the week. When I end those Mondays and I've kind of checked all the boxes and gotten everything done that I knew I need to get done in my own business, it really allows me to show up for those client days. A hundred percent. Exactly. Like it, it allows you to show up if you're like, okay, I have four client calls today. We're just going to get it done. And that's it. I'm going to call it a day. Like that just feels so good to just like cross everything off your to-do list. Also, I did a podcast episode not that long ago on boundaries. 
Entrepreneur's Secret to Sanity is setting boundaries. This was a lot of the stuff that I learned from Jessica. So I highly recommend listening to that if you're like, okay, how do I do that? How do I set boundaries? And go listen to that podcast episode. So one thing I do want to talk to you about is outsourcing. And this was the biggest thing for me because when I came to you, it was like, okay, I'm doing, you know, five to seven thousand dollars a month, but I feel like that's all I can take on with me by myself. So after you helped me like implement the systems and then, you know, hire out, even at first it was just an admin for $300 a month. I think I paid her maybe not even that much, but just having that, it allowed me to scale my business to like tripling that revenue each month. So when someone is feeling like, okay, I know I need to outsource, but I'm a little bit nervous or, you know, eventually wants to have a team, what's the first step that they can take in order to start to grow a team and to outsource? So I think you need to really get honest with yourself again and and assess like, is this time consumption something that I am personally causing or is it really based off of the needs of the business right now? And what I mean by that is sometimes people are just busy being busy Mm -hmm. and they don't even really know what they're working on or how much time they're allocating to certain tasks or areas of the business. And to me, that's not an outsourcing issue. That's an issue of clarity, of directive, of what is the vision of the business and how are you going to get there? You're just, you're not sure. A lot of times once you figure out what is the roadmap here, what is the goal, how am I going to get there? And I need to stop scrolling through Instagram is not going to get me there. What do I need to be producing in order to achieve that? The Mm -hmm. other side truly is an outsourcing issue. And that's when I'm on the phone with entrepreneurs. They have a really steady, consistent revenue coming in, even if it's $5,000 a month but their job is very demanding and that they are very qualified. So for you personally, you are the only person that can do the initial design that can come up with the branding and the logo and all and what the vision is going to be. But there's a lot of things in your business that you don't have to do that's Mm -hmm. taking away from the time allocated for the things only Olivia could do. So we talked through that, like what is taking so much time, the client contracts, doing the invoicing, client interaction, so sending emails, uploading blog posts. We live in a time that is more incredible than ever that we have every resource at our fingertips through our cell phone and our laptops. Mm -hmm. And there is this movement of virtual assistants. I personally have had one for the last year and I've kept her on my team because she's in the groove of, even though I have also in-house team, but you can literally hire someone even just 10 hours a month. So I had Olivia start at 10 hours a month. I think the girl was $30 um, an hour. So it was $300. Mm-hmm. And I told Olivia, what's the key indicator here is going to be is how you replace those 10 hours. So if you hire someone for 10 hours a month to take the administrative work off your plate, but then you replace that 10 hours with scrolling Instagram or doodling designs, whatever it may be, that 10 hours has zero ROI on it. But if you take that 10 hours and you say, I'm going to add five hours of prospecting per month, and I'm going to take those other five hours and take those clients that I prospect that sign on, and I'm going to open up that for a new client. 
that $300 an hour right there could have an ROI of, you know, 10 times. And so it's my job as a coach to really help my clients figure out, okay, is this investment worth it? Once you make this investment, how are you going to cover the cost? And then how are you going to maximize your ROI with this cost? You know, that was so big for me. Like, I can't say it enough. Like we started working together last year in February and I was literally by myself. And since then I've hired um, or brought on to my team, a junior designer, a marketing person, and another person that also helps me with my podcast. So I went from a solopreneur to a team of four and it has allowed me to grow significantly. And it all started with that question that you just said, like, what am I going to do with those hours? And like 10 hours a month is so many hours. Like that's an extra two, three hours a week that you could be out looking and prospecting for new clients, increasing your client experience, all of that stuff. And that's exactly what I did that, you know, brought in what it did and allowed me to grow my business. Yes. And I think there's always this hesitation from people and I get it because I'm a recovering control freak and I like things a certain way, which Mm -hmm. when you onboard, that's a huge part of onboarding, you know, VAs or people to your team that you have very clear instructions, but people have this idea in their mind that nobody can do it the way that they do it. And Mm -hmm. that may be true if you've set up systems in your business that are so confusing or such a cluster that nobody really can do it, or you have that mindset because you're stuck on the way that you want things done. But I will say there are some incredible VAs out there that yeah. will come in and do things 10 times better than you ever would. Streamline your systems to make it even easier. And what would have taken you 10 hours, they get done in two or three. Right. And then they reach out to you and say, you have seven hours left on the books. What do you want me to do with it? And then you, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, all right, well, clearly I'm not an admin assistant because that would have taken me 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I there, don't There's definitely people out there that can do this a hell of a lot better than you can. Yeah. And that to me was the, was the hardest part. Like I'm definitely not a control freak, but I'm a perfectionist and I like things how I like them. My business is my baby. I, I mean, it's my livelihood obviously. So there are things that I'm super particular about, but I had to let go of that and be like, okay, this person, this is their, you know, strong suit. This is how they can help me. And I just need to relinquish control and allow them to make it happen. And like you said, saying, you know, they can do it better than I can. I think that's huge. Like that's big for anything. You know, you want to hire a team or have support that is better than you that can do things better than you can, because we all have our crafts and our skills. And when you have that variety, that's how you're going to, you know, get out of your comfort zone and learn more. Before we get into the last few questions, I just have some questions to ask you about your brand design since we work together for that. But before we get into that, is there anything else you want to speak to, to, you know, new entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are looking to scale and grow their businesses? Is there anything you'd like to speak to? I mean, we said a lot today, but I just want to make sure we don't miss out on anything. (laughs) Yeah, I know we've said a a lot. I think we've covered a lot. There's obviously so much more that could be covered, but I would like to reiterate because I am somebody that is out at networking events and I talk with female entrepreneurs every single day, whether it's through the DMs on Instagram or my clients. And 
it is tough and it is, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. There are definitely ways to get to, you know, your goals and, and where, what you're wanting to achieve quicker, but go easy on yourself because Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of women start their businesses because they're incredibly passionate about a specific, you know, niche market or, you know, for you, you're incredibly passionate about graphic design. You didn't necessarily start it because you love the operational side of a business. Mm-hmm. I actually really love the operational side <laughs> of the business. If you had me draw something right now and try to, you know, do what Olivia does, it would be awful. Um, <laughs> and so really try to surround yourself and find, you know, whether it's in a coaching group, a mastermind, a networking group, entrepreneur circle of friends that you build on your own, just find other entrepreneurs that you can surround yourself with for that level of support and, you know, resources of people that might be good at one thing that you're not, but you can lean on them for guidance, I think is, is really important. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. And like, it is so hard. Like, you know, there are days where you're just like, Oh my God, is this sustainable? Like, is this practical? Why am I trying so hard? It's not working. I had a day like that last week, but knowing that, you know, you do have the support and like, this isn't a marathon. Like, I think I always think of like, it's a sprint. Like I'm I'm trying to get all these things done. And then when I finally take a step back, I'm like, okay, this is what I wanted. Like I wanted to be running my own business. It doesn't have to be hard. And if you're feeling like super overwhelmed and like all over the place and like, it is really hard for you, you definitely need a coach and some sort of support group because this is fun. Like entrepreneurship is hard, but it's also so much fun. Like I can't believe that I get to do this every day. Like I really can't. And I think, you know, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, Olivia, but I would say that I hear from a lot of female entrepreneurs. I thought it was going to be easier once I hit a hundred thousand dollars, or I thought I would be less when the company was making two fifty, And they have this false sense of security with increased revenue. And I can mm-hmm. tell you that is absolutely not the case. A $100,000 business versus a $500,000 business is going to have different struggles. It's going to have a different size team. It's going to have different, you know, directions that you're being pulled into. And so it doesn't get easier with cash flow. It gets easier when you're committed to learning how this works, learning what works for you and your business and really being committed to, um, you know, having those boundaries that help get you to that goal. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that obviously the revenue part is fun. Like it's fun making money. Like I remember literally not sleeping because I didn't know if I was going to make my rent when I first started and I definitely sleep much better now, but the revenue is not really why I do it. Like I do it for the freedom and to work with my amazing clients and you know, I just love running a business. Like this is so much fun for me. And when I do have those days where I'm like, Oh my God, like, like last month, last month was such a weird month for me. And you know, in the day to day, sometimes I'd be like, Oh my God, I like, I haven't made any sales this month or blah, blah, blah. But then when I took a step back, it's like, okay, this is why I love it. Like, this is why I left corporate because every day was the freaking same in corporate. And now I get to like, it's more competitive. I get to be more creative. You know, not every day is the same. 
so like if the monetary aspect is literally the only reason that you are starting your business or you have a business, yeah, that's great. It's awesome to know that you can make whatever revenue you want as long as you put in the work, but it's also not going to be sustainable because once you get there, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be like, Oh, this is it. Obviously, you know, the more heart you put into it and the more work and the more love, like the more money you're going to make. So just be grateful for what's happening to you now. And then just know that with each step, you're going to have to take on more. You're going to have to learn more. You're going to have to hire more and then, you know, go from there. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot, you know, like this. Preach. Because yeah. <laughs> like I have that, I have such, that's such a struggle for me is like, okay, when I hit this goal, I'm going to be so happy. And then I hit the goal and then I'm like, okay, what's the next goal? And then I don't even celebrate the goal that actually happened. Like this happened to me actually in the shower the other day. I was just like, wow, how far have I come? Like thinking about, cause I, this is my birthday month. I'm turning 27 the end of the month. And I was thinking about how crazy 26 was, which is like, it was a whirlwind of a year. I'm going to do a podcast episode on it. Don't worry. But I was just thinking like, wow, this time last year, I was just in such a different space. And I didn't, this whole year, I haven't even taken time to be like, wow, look how far I've come. And I think that's really important for anyone to look at, whether they're making $20,000 in their business or 50 or a hundred or 500,000, however whatever your revenue is, is to like, look back and say like, wow, remember when I made my first a hundred dollars, how stoked I was. Like, I remember when my first client paid me $300 for a website. I'm just going to let that sink in. That's like so little, but I was so excited. I was like, Oh my God, someone's paying me to make a website. Like I have been dreaming about this. And that was only two and a half years ago. And it's just crazy to think about. And so if anyone's listening to this and they're like, ugh, in the trenches and they're just not feeling like confident, just remember, like, think about where you've come from. Think about last month or three months ago, like where you came from and then congratulate yourself, like celebrate because we forget to do that. So we work together with your brand and your website. So why did you decide it was a good time to hire a designer? So I think like most entrepreneurs, when I first started my company and I kind of touched based on this earlier, I don't have a marketing degree. I don't have a graphic design background. I had newborn twins when I started my company. I wasn't sure if this was going to be just a, a part-time thing. I didn't have to work, but then obviously a few months in and I, you know, I really fell in love with, you know, building this business and I wasn't proud of my website. I didn't think that it reflected the type of women I was working with or the type of level of expertise I had within the industry. And so after seeing Olivia's work, I mean, that's really kind of what I I just knew I had to make that change in order to attract the customers that I was wanting to attract. Yeah. And so that was what, like a few months ago, how has that been going for you? Like, do you feel like your website is converting? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's been six or seven months now. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. Time flies. Yeah. I want to say we did it in September. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. And when I have clients that are interested in working with Olivia, I tell them, I said, you know, when you drive traffic to your website, you are going to feel so proud 
of the business you've built because that really is what people go off of. And I'm guilty of it as well. I will look at websites of prospective clients or if I'm getting ready to hire somebody to do my SEO or whatever it may be, I do look at their website. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't resonate with me and I don't feel like I'm the right client for them, I typically then keep searching. Yeah. Everyone should rewind like 30 seconds and re-listen to that because I preach that all the time. Like I'm the same way. Like I just did an Instagram story today talking about how I was searching for a Reiki healer and I went to like five different websites and everyone had a terrible website except for one person. So I went to her and it's so true. Like having a good website for people to go to as like a hub. So like when someone's making a high ticket investment, so like anything above a thousand dollars, maybe they want to do research on Google. Like they're going to go onto a desktop or onto their phone and they're going to research through Google. You're not searchable. Like people aren't really searching on Instagram. They are, but it's more of a long sell and you have to like put out a lot of content, but from Instagram, they're going to go to your website. So it's just, you need to have a website people. So how can we connect with you? How can our listeners connect with you? Yes. So I'll plug my website that Olivia did. If all of you want to go see what we've been talking about at www.thejessicamarks.com. And same with Instagram. Instagram is at the Jessica Marks. And those are pretty much, I'm not huge on Facebook. Instagram is where you can find me. I try to get on there four to five days a week and provide some type of business tip or something that you can implement in your business through my stories. I also, you know, post content that I think is going to help inspire you or give you something tangible for you to apply. I love hearing from you guys. I'm very active in my messages. So if you reach out to me or you message me, I will definitely respond. And yeah, I'd say those are the the two areas you can best get a hold of me. Okay, awesome. And then how can we work with you if someone wants to work with you? Yes. So as we talked about earlier, having very signature programs that make it easy and understandable. So Mm -hmm. I have the Female Founders Club. That is my group coaching program. It's for entrepreneurs who are in their first two years of business. We cap it at 20. It's a 12-month commitment. I get on the phone with you every single week. We bring in a bonus um, guest speaker every month that's an expert within a specific industry. So if you fall in that category and you're looking to hit your first six-figure year, that is the right program for you. Mm -hmm. You're listening and you're a more established female entrepreneur. You've either been doing this for a couple years or you're in the first two years, but you've, you know, seen some success. You're hitting, you know, close to five figure months, but you're really wanting to hit those five figure months consistently. I offer a four month one-on-one intensive coaching program, high touch point you and I, where we will, you know, really deep dive into your business and get you the right foundation, the right prospecting, lead generation, make sure that your packages and pricing really reflect what you can deliver for your clients and where they will get the best results. Awesome. Okay, guys, everyone go check Jessica out. And I'm so glad to have brought you on here. We might have even more questions for you after this episode airs. But oh, also before I forget, the next Female Founders Club starts April 1st, right? 
Yes. So we only open this four times a year. We launched with a January 1st group and the next group will be starting April 1st. If you are interested in it, you can fill out an application on our website or you can DM me directly. I'm more than happy to get on the phone with you, answer any questions. Yeah, it's going to be a great opportunity for you to really hit 2020 hard as far as building those solid business foundations. And then obviously it's a 12 month program. So you would get to work with me all Q1 of 2021 as well um, to really make sure that you're, you're, you're going from that solopreneur to the CEO of your brand. Yeah. And you've been my secret or not so secret weapon really, because I talk about you all the time. So (laughs) I am like a true testament to Jessica and her team and how amazing they are. So everyone go check her out. I'll link all of your stuff in the show notes. So everyone that's listening wants to get a hold of you. Just take a look at the show notes and you can be directed to Jessica's Instagram and her website. So awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica. I will talk to you later. Thank you, Olivia. Sounds good.